We're going to get this up. It will not be yes. three weeks after we do it. Yes. And we're going to get our lives together. Yes. Awesome. Hello? Hello, can you oh, hear me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't scare you me. You cut out for like half a second. <laughs> I'm nervous now. Okay, we'll do this. Hi, guys. We'll figure it out. I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And we're here. Yes. I didn't say the other I one. Thought, I thought for sure you were going to say we're back. No, I said we're here. So I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are doing our chat. Super excited. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lots of things to talk about. Uh-huh. But uh, as always, how are you? How are you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> it's it's so disgustingly hot here. It was like 99 degrees and like a 40% humidity level. Oof. That's too much. It's like walking around in a sauna. It's just terrible. So I don't I don't care for that. <laughs> I don't know anybody who cares for. It. And then that's all anybody wants to talk about. Like whenever oh. it's hot, that's like that's the only conversation you can get out of people. <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to somebody, um, like on the phone at work, and she said, "Oh, uh, you know, uh, let's talk about the weather." And I was like, "Okay." And she's like, "How is it there?" And I was like, "You know, it's fine. It's kind of our our rainy season." And she's like, "It's disgustingly hot here." And I was like, "Well, where are you from?" And she said, "Chicago." I was like, "Oh my gosh, Chicago. Yeah, you know, Chicago. It's either." Real hot or real cold. And then um, I was like, I don't miss that weather. She's like, where are you from? And I said, Kansas City. And she's like, no shit, I'm from St. Louis. I was like, what? <laughs> and then she was like, but wait, are you from the Missouri or the Kansas side? I was like, the Missouri side. She's like, oh, okay, okay. The only relevant side. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, we're everywhere. We, we're all trying to get out of the state. There was actually a study done that um, black people are fleeing St. Louis at record numbers. Hey. hey, I mean, it's no joke. The NAACP said don't go to Missouri. <laughs> Just stay away. Just stay away. It's sad. Um. So on oh. that note. <laughs> oh, that depressing note. How are you, Danielle? I'm doing fine. Um, I am preparing for my last trip of the summer, which is to mm-hmm. help out in your wedding. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I'll be, I don't know what I'm doing for the rest of August. I'm just going to be lazy. I'm going to read. <laughs> I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to know damn where. I may not even leave my house. So uh, <sighs> I have a date with Mariah tomorrow to go see The Incredibles 2. Yeah. I, oh, I hope she can make it. She, oh, yeah. she does not have the longest attention span. And she's. I, I feel, I feel her. And she's, she, I realize like all these kids nowadays, they don't know how live TV works. They don't know how like um, non-YouTube, they've always had control over the video experience. Yeah, so she's like, mm, I want to skip this part. Yeah, she really does. She's like, can we rewind or can we go forward? I took her to see Coco, and she was like, not cool with the fact she had no control. <laughs> so. uh, are you? Were you a big Incredibles fan? Were you like super excited for it to come back? Not really. I like just saw. I just saw the first one like maybe two years ago. Mm, okay. And I'm kind of over Pixar doing a whole bunch of sequels. I feel like. They're, I like them because we all like them because they were super original and they'd give us a new story every year and be like a new world. And now they're like Cars 3, Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2. And I'm like, what you doing? Yeah, that's true. So it's it's all right. The Coco was so good. I love, I cried like a little dumb baby. I cried three separate times. Like my tears would have enough time to dry and then something else would happen and I would start I crying that- again. <laughs> I think there was just a point where I just started crying and I just didn't stop crying until like we left the theater. Like that is some quality storytelling. 
I was like, Coco just wants to be with her papa. Oh my gosh. I love that movie. And she, that one was, that worked. She saw that in theaters with me. We saw that, but that worked because it had music. Uh, She likes songs and she likes music. So yeah, but apparently it's really good. It's got a 94% fresh rating. Incredibles too. Yes, Incredibles too. So we'll see. She'll be fine, I think. Well, you let me know how it is. <laughs> I, I I saw that like once a couple years after it came out, but I don't know. Maybe it was just like the age range. Like, um, so we recently watched um a goofy movie. Oh, I love that movie. Right. So classic. It's so good because Frank had never seen it. I what? Like, how have you never how have you never seen a goofy like the cinema <laughs> classic, a goofy movie? Did you see the article that was around like I think a year or two ago saying a goofy movie is the blackest Disney movie? I was just about I did not see that, but I was literally like the whole time I was like, uh, you know why we like this? Because like Goofy and Max are black. Yeah. And like watching it as an adult, like you know, Goofy's whole thing as he's single father, you know, he's got a job that's kind of okay, you know, because of an extremely goofy movie that he had to give up his college dreams to raise Max. Mm-hmm. And so, like, his whole fear is that Max is going to, like, turn into a criminal or the world's going to see him as a bad kid when he's just, like, really this sweet kid. And I was like, if this is not, like, well, you heard the a way parable the- of black boyhood uh, parenthood yeah you heard the way that well, principal too. you heard the way the principal was talking about max after the concert right was like a thug a menace a, right it was crazy. even pete he's like oh you know talking shit and i was like you shut up pete <laughs> oh yeah i love you that shut movie. Up. and tevin campbell is in it uh-huh playing power line so mm-hmm. the music mm-hmm. in that stuff was a plus i think that's the high point of tevin campbell's career <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong i don't think it gets better than that you know, we were at a combination, um, uh, like a um, like a, a off brand. Um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Dave and Buster's that was also a bowling alley. <laughs> and damn it, if they didn't play um, "Eye to Eye," that's a great song. It's a good song. It's pure '90s, and the '90s aesthetic in that movie is awesome. There's like one character it's... dressed running around dressed up like Blossom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy that movie when we're done. Like, that's what that's I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to go watch that's wonderful. a goofy movie. Uh, but we didn't come here to talk about movies. We can't, that's true. That's, that's for other episodes. <laughs> we're here to do our book chat. Yes. This month we asked you all what upcoming release you were looking forward to. But before that, we got some news. Yes, as always. I like how I said this is not to talk about movies. And then literally the first thing. <laughs> the first one is. First bullet on the news. list is about a movie. So they released the trailer for The Hate You Give. I'm sure you've seen it by now if you're listening to this. Yes. Yes. So what are our thoughts? I'm going to let you go first. I think it looks like a very good, faithful adaptation of, um, I don't, I've just pressed it, but I don't want it to talk while I'm talking, a good, faithful adaptation of the movie for the most part. Um, remember I thought the movie, I gave it like three stars out of five because my one issue, not the movie, the book, I gave the book three stars out of five because I felt like it could have done more to talk about the Mm -hmm. issue. I feel like because it's YA and we have to deal with her life, it gets distracted with all the Tumblr and the high school stuff. But for the most part, I think it's, I'm really happy this is being made into a movie. Um, I think it's a movie that needs to be made or the topics in it at least should be discussed. So I'm glad about that. Uh, I think we sort of touched on the colorism 
sort of mm-hmm. with the family. I think Star looks a little bit lighter than literally every other black person in the movie. <laughs> Which I don't want to be, I'm not going to sit here and get it. I don't want to start a discussion where it's like, you know, who's really black. But I do think movies lately have fallen to this pattern of like when they need a black girl, they'll just get the lightest skinned black woman they can find for the lead roles. And it's like, it kind of sucks because I think I told you this. We looked up all the members who play all the people, the actors who play the members of her family. And they're all like dark or like medium brown. And then you have randomly the lead role a very light-skinned black girl, so... Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that um, uh, Last Airbender movie. Yes, when literally only the extras were the ethnic right, people. Right, yeah. that, like, seat of the two of them standing in front in their white and, like, everyone else is, like, Inuit behind them. Yeah. And it's kind of like, huh? Exactly. So, I will so. say, it's also interesting because Amanda Steinberg, I think I miss pronounced her last name turned down a role in black panther yeah she turned down the role of shuri i think was it shuri i didn't know if it was i think it was yeah i think it was she said oh anthony mackie just popped up you all know my anthony mackie feelings not a fan um she said it just it wouldn't it was taking the a spot or a role away from a darker skinned woman right because she said that um it wouldn't make sense for a very light-skinned person to be here in this royal family in this country that was never colonized yeah which makes a lot of sense that if you see um i thought it was kind of interesting if you watch um avengers there are a lot of light-skinned people all of a sudden in <laughs> wakanda and i was like okay it's a good move quickly it's a good that does remind me there was a thread i found on twitter and she's there was a biracial i think a biracial woman who was very light-skinned and she saw that and she sort of said she liked it, be, or not not liked it, but she said it was sort of a relief because she said without colonization, that meant, and this was her stretch and I'll give it to her, that meant that the, you know, the whiteness that was in her bloodline was not necessarily, would not necessarily be a result of violence. She's like a light-skinned or a mixed person in Wakanda would not be because someone raped someone else or invaded someone else. And I'm like, that's a good way to look at it, actually. That's a nice way to think but about it. But where would they have come from? Oh, I mean, it's still modern society. I mean, no, I'm sure Wakandans are still out there. All, no, that's their whole thing, that they weren't out there. They, <laughs> I thought they would still go out. They just wouldn't let the other people in. They're not, like, See, trapped in the country. nobody would go out. See, I, I don't know. I was looking at Chadwick. I was like, Chadwick, let these people go. Because they're not like North Korea, where no one can come in or out. They just hid from <laughs> the rest of the world. why would you go? Why would you leave? Oh, you leave, go on vacation to Aruba, come back home. <laughs> you leave, well, go we to can Europe. Discuss maybe whether or not people leave Wakanda. <laughs> I'd be chilling. I'd be like, there ain't nothing out there for me. Yeah, you leave, go to France, get you here. a French boo, and come home. Maybe something mm-hmm. happens, and now you got a mm-hmm. baby. You know. I'm looking around Wakanda. I'm like, I'm happy here. So, but that was her take. Like, hey, boo. What's his name? Um, uh, Mbaku. Yes, you know. <laughs> I didn't see no Mrs. Mbaku. <laughs> but he had children because he threatened to feed that one guy to him. I want an explanation about that. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't want to like take away from Amanda's experience. She's been in a lot of YA movies though. But uh, I just, That's true. I feel like we, that uh, Hollywood, when they think black woman now, they don't want to get too dark and it's kind of distressing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We were talking about this before, but like, uh, I'd also like to see more medium people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 
holding it down. Who's a medium skin toned actress out right now? Oh, that's her age? I have no idea. I can only yeah. think of old ones like Regina. Older ones, yeah. Regina or Taraji or Gabrielle Union. I can't think of anyone who's Amanda's age because I'm right? so old. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to think of the kids and it's like, I'm, I don't know. I got nothing. But, um, so yeah, what do you think of it? Does it, like, comparing it to the book, what do you think? Um, it yeah, looks like everything's it, there. Yeah, it did look like everything was there, plus Common. <laughs> uh, Common's Uncle Carlos. Common is Uncle Carlos. Um, we didn't see much of, like, her family outside of her dad. Uh, so it, it would be interesting. Or her little uh, boo. Chris. Um, I thought we saw yeah. Chris. We see him for, like, a hot second. So I'm wondering, it was definitely more focused on um, kind of the heavier subject matter, which I think makes sense for a trailer, Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like, you know, how do you portray these two parts in, I don't know, a minute and a half or something without being too frenetic and all over the place? Um, So I'm wondering, like, if kind of the slice of life stuff is going to play less of a role in the movie. I think that would make it stronger because that's the one thing about the movie that annoys me. <sighs> or the uh, book that annoys me. I disagree. Me. I disagree. I really like that those parts of the book. Because it fleshed her out a lot, I thought. And it made her like not like some superhero or some like, you know, uh, uh, perfect hero out of a storybook it was like she's a very real girl with very real issues and I know that you're like not the strongest YA person (laughs) and I know that the whole Tumblr I was very into the Tumblr drama I really enjoyed the discussions of her shoes I really like the whole (laughs) fresh princess I I enjoyed all that I just I felt like I was told this book will be about this thing and then it only sort of (laughs) barely touched on that thing and I was like, that's what I wanted to read. And I know Angie Thomas has the talent because she presented these really interesting conflicts throughout that whole book, like the whole argument between the parents about whether or not they move or whether or not they stay. Mm-hmm. And then her dad and her uncle Carlos's tension because, you know, he was in jail while she was a little baby. And it's like, those are a lot of interesting conflicts, but like all the adults deal with that. And then we deal with the, and then the kid, we don't see it because we're looking at it from Star's perspective and she doesn't. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We should, we should see if we want to do like what we sort of did for Black Panther. Oh, we should. That's a good idea. Like no promises, but I mean, (laughs) when does it come out? I've already. I, I don't think it's till next year. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I am reading. I'm reading this really strange article. October, (laughs) uh, October 19th. Oh, this October. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we may have to deal with that. So I will say Issa Rae's in it too. So that's cool. Oh yeah. That was cute. I'm just, she I was feel talking like at the funeral, right? Yeah. She's the activist who I think at the end sort of inspires star to like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like activist, activist. I can't, mm, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. She's the one who sort of inspires, like use your voice and speak yeah, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember now. So I will say, I think even with my cool feelings towards the book, I'm glad like a movie about Black Lives Matter is, is going because this may be the only way some people will see some people won't read the book. That's true. That's true. So, so whoop, there it is. But I think it'll be interesting. It looks like it looks really good. Yeah, it looks good, and it looks very faithful to the book. Yeah. Khalil. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But it starts like my whole heart was set. I was like Khalil. <laughs> oh. So. 
So yeah, and everyone's there. You can tell. You know they had to recast her boyfriend, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For using the N word. I don't even know these yeah. children's names, but they had some kid. Yeah. Footage of him cussing people out and using slurs came up, and they they got him out of there quick. They snatched him up with the quickness. <laughs> I was like, okay, Angie, I see you. Well, Angie had no control over that. But still. You know, that's her Twitter her Twitter handle. Oh, yeah, because of the whole colorism thing. <laughs> She's like, I have no control over casting. And then that ferret Anthony Mackie is in it. So, Which I just don't even understand. Like, okay, sure. We've talked at length about Anthony Mackie, so we don't have to continue. But, I, yeah, I saw him. I was like, hmm. The more I think about it, the more that feels like another miscasting because he's supposed to be, what's his name, King? Like He's supposed to be King? I think he's supposed to be like the gangster who threatens Star's family. He, is he intimidating at all? Because I am not intimidated no. at all. I was thinking, I was picturing you know, baseline Ice Cube. Suge <laughs> Knight? Well, shouldn't I? Like something. Someone who's at least 5'10". Well, that's true. Like he's Yeah, just, I was thinking like kind of a heavier set, older guy. Yeah, he's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just my dislike towards him, that I can't be intimidated by him. But I just, yeah, I think he's supposed to be king. Because uh, uh. hmm. there's like an, a voiceover saying he's threatening her or something he's blackmailing her or something and then they're in the car and he's telling her not to talk so i think he's the one who's telling her to stay quiet oh that's right you know i watched that i had no idea who he was (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i don't know Mm. okay that's another miscasting sure sure so Mm. i think that's it i'm just i'm looking at the i'm on the youtube page now i can see the comments but this one, I swear this girl is in every book adaptation. So, okay. So, oh, and there are people saying they didn't even know there was a book, and now they're getting, they're going to go read it. So there we go. That's good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One of the top comments is what we were just talking about. No hate to Amandla or Zendaya. She's my idol. I'm super hyped to see this movie, but it's always Zendaya or Amandla that's cast as black women in movies. Even when the character is specified as medium brown, Coco color, they still choose one of Hollywood's, quote, typical black girls. As a dark-skinned teen who was super psyched for a dark-skinned or medium-skinned girl to play the role, I was a little disappointed but not surprised by their choice for the lead role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll still see it. I'll give Angie her coin. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I bought Children of Blood and Vote. I just, I feel like I need to support these. I want them to do well, so I'll support them. Yeah, 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 I'll see it. So... I think that's all we got to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next item. Cool. You want to lead into it? Sure. Um, So I saw this on Twitter, but I didn't read it. (laughs) Um, But um, apparently Laura Ingalls Wilder's um, name has been dropped from Children's Book Award. Oh, I thought it was Vita. And I was like, I don't think that's the name of it. (laughs) That's the next bullet, I think. But, um... Yeah, so it was it was dropped because of her descriptions of Native Americans. Womp womp. Uh, what did that guy say? Wah wah. Or... Yeah, he's ruined that statement, that phrase now. Now I can't use. I'm it saying I... it all the time. Whenever I see something that you know, these tears, it's like wah wah. <laughs> so, um, it really worked better if you had read it. I was gonna say that joke, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but I still tried. But um. 
So I, I believe that, um, you know, they tee this up and uh, one of the first lines of um, Little House on the Prairie is Paw. And I don't, did you read this as a kid? I read Little House in the Big Woods. Oh, okay. So, which was also by her. I read, I read this one and I remember kind of being like, okay, sure. Um, but Pa, you know, they're going along on the, on the wagon and he says, um, there were no people here, only Indians. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Um, so I, I, I don't feel any kind of way about this. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Take her name off. Yeah. That's a shitty thing to say. And I don't know. I'm not of the type where I feel like, oh, we have to keep um, classics around just because everyone's read them. Like, I kind of feel the same way about, uh, um, what's that other one? Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the only reason that these are held up and read is because we just continue to read them or we just continue to hold these people up without ever really questioning it. So... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't feel any, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> to be honest, I don't see a lot of people who are that heated about it. Um, yeah, I mean, dum dums. But for the most part, there are a lot of people who are like, "Yeah, that's fine." It seems like it's there. Aren't, Laura Ingalls Wilder does not have a lot of passionate. <laughs> pop. Like she's like, "Yeah, okay." Eh. It's not like if J.K. Rowling suddenly was dropped from something. So, I mean, it seems they cite her anti her negative statements towards. Um, natives and black people, which I was not aware. I just assumed black people were ignored in all those books. So there's been, yeah. so the Laura Ingalls Wilder Award, that I have not seen anything yet as to what they're going to rename it. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting. I feel uh, the Washington Post goes on to say, like, this is one step. Um, where did it go? I totally lost it. They were saying this is just another step in um, a move where we are we where um people who are like pro-slavery or really problematic in the past are slowly sort of being removed or we're taking them here we go statues and flags are being removed and highways renamed across the country it's the latest target of it's the latest target of efforts to purge from the cultural landscape symbols that honor historical figures who own slaves espouse racist views or engaged in racist practices and i say that's good yeah so <laughs> i'm not against it <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess we don't have much to say on that. I also not that it, oh, they do have a name for it. It's now the Children's Literature Legacy Award. Boom. That's cute. <laughs> I'm sure they could have found another author who that wrote. That's true, too. So. I don't know. In today's landscape, they're probably like, take every name off of it, shit. <laughs> the books, oh my gosh, Juno Diaz is, he's problematic. <sighs> and then the Nobel Prize is still having issues. And then yep. the whole world, I'm just hoping this is like a per, like we're going through, like you got to get worse before you get better. I don't have a lot of hope, but there's still some. So like things are really shitty, but hopefully we'll all, like this will inspire people to, I think I'm getting real philosophical now and now we're going no, into the I election. No, I understand too. what you're saying. Yeah. Like all this bad will like motivate people to do better and we'll get our shit together and we can right. look back and say wow that was really close but luckily we righted the ship we righted the ship i don't know that's not a word i mean all right? we could be yeah right it is a word okay. uh all we could be is hopeful i mean and continue to you know fight and speak out like yeah. it, it's definitely been like a hard couple of weeks um yeah. since you last heard us um 
I think when did we fill or when did we record that last episode? I think it was like the last day of May because it was before I went to Spain. Like, and I was yeah. supposed to put it up before I went, and then I didn't. Like, I had plans to edit it and put it up and then get on the plane. And let me tell you, that did not happen. It, it didn't happen, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so the month of June was like particularly difficult. Um, this this last week has this been... last week was particularly difficult. So. I feel like you know, just hang in there, people. I know, like all the checks that are supposed to stop the crazy have also been corrupted by the crazy, and it's like, right? Uh, I don't know. So I don't know anything about Justice Kennedy, but I don't like him. I, you know, he came to my school. And <laughs> I think they asked like con law teacher like not to be on campus that day because he would get so heated about him. But there's oh my god, like the corruption, and it's kind of like. Eh. I don't know. It makes you feel crazy. It's like it is. They loaned him how many millions of dollars? His it's, son. It's uh, and nobody's can. Nobody. Uh, and nobody okay. does shit about anything. Like all of these like collusions and all these conflicts of interest and all the way people are profiting from shit. Nobody does anything. They're just like ah, Kanye shrug. <sighs> it's just I'm so sick. And it's like, and then I'm also mad at the Democrats because they always just roll. I can't get into this right now. Okay. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> I will just. <laughs> Let me have a little bit more of this uh, fruit punch. <laughs> oh, my wine is all the way in the fridge. Um, <laughs> I'll deal with that later. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> I did. What did I read that made me happy? The, um, there's been a lot of, like, if you look outside of politics, there's like a lot of good news about people. There's also like bigots being crazy but there's good news of people doing stuff and like black people and native people and hispanic people like achieving things but then it all gets ruined because then washington post sends you another push notification about some other like craziness that's happening in in government so it's like oh okay yeah plus the ice caps are melting so girl right it's definitely like a um i think tactic to wear you down yeah you just with insanity and craziness. I and need it's that. Just like, yeah. I need that shirt from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Um, with the Latin saying, don't let the bastards grind you down. Oh, oh, you know, I don't watch that show. You haven't read the book? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, all the black people went where? They deal with that in the, um, in the TV show. Yeah. In the book. I don't have Hulu. <laughs> you don't have Hulu? <laughs> I'm starting to Hulu. like Hulu better than Netflix now. Oh, what? Yeah, because Netflix is like, check out Netflix original programming. It's like, I don't want to. I want to watch the shit program. That is so good. Ew. Oh, my God. I cry. I was watching that new Queer Eye, the new season. I haven't seen that. I need to. I'm, Danielle, I swear, I cry like Coco. <laughs> that very first episode of this new season, about two minutes in, I started crying. <laughs> I did not stop until like maybe 10 minutes after it was done. We're all so emotional. I do I'm watch, very emotional. I do watch Nailed It on Netflix, which I love. I can't watch that because I'm doing this keto diet and I can't have no cake. Oh, it won't make you want cake because they're terrible. Girl, you don't know how bad <laughs> I want cake. Because <laughs> I love Nicole Breyer and she's the host. And it's like her and this French chef. And it's like uh. none of these people can bake. I saw one where the guy... Um, one time they had one and he was like an Italian cop. He's like, yeah, I love to bake. And he just started... Baking, he didn't follow the recipe at all. He was just throwing shit in a bowl. <laughs> he had like salt and cocoa powder. He wasn't looking at any of his measurements. He just threw it in a bowl. It came out like a brick. It's so hilarious. I love that show. 
oh, I can't. Frank was watching it. I was like, even if I see like a bowl of just pure <laughs> sugar, I'm going to want cake. You're better than me. I've been trying to like eat better, I think, since this administration started. And I was <laughs> like, look, I got to have this. I can't. I don't want to drink and I don't want to turn to like cocaine or anything. I at least need sugar. So I really jumped to cocaine. I skipped everything and went straight to cocaine. That's worse. <laughs> you were like, I can't have sugar, so I might as well do coke. That's disturbing. I went straight there. Could have done went weed straight first. to cocaine. You could have said, you could have said <laughs> cookies. You could have said marijuana. You could have said water. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, gotta reflect on that. Um. <laughs> So we're doing fine. We're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a big old asteroid, something about a big old asteroid the other day. I was like, well. Come and get us. <laughs> that's the way it's got to be. God's like, I'm just going to start over. <laughs> um, so, yes. So I found this other one because I saw it was released a couple, a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to dig into it. So the Vita Book Count, Vita is a not-for-profit, like, feminist in the arts organization. And every year, I've seen this before. I think I mixed it up with the Latino one, because there's another one I think that's Latino that does a similar thing, but that's fine. But every year they do a book count where they sort of look at, um, they look at the major literary publications and they see how many of them are promoting, like, so by critiquing the books and works, or publishing women writers, and okay. so they said out of all the the journals and publications they looked at, I believe they looked at a total of, it looks like at least 20 to 25. I don't want to sit okay. here and count on the air. But only two of them published 50% or more uh, of women's work. Mm. I, haven't he- I haven't heard of either of them, though. Granta and Poetry. And they said the bigger publications, like the New York Book of New York Review of Books, Blah, whatever that, and um, the New Yorker, I believe that was another one that was called out. The bigger mm-hmm. institutions had worse records, worse records than the smaller indie ones. That makes sense. I, I'm not surprised. Same, um, mm-hmm. but it's like, mm, okay. So yeah, so like the London Review of Books, the New Yorker. So and it said, oh, the New York Review of Books actually had the most pronounced gender disparity with only 23% of published writers being women. You know, so we have our list of enemies. (laughs) (laughs) What's her name? What's that girl's name? We keep talking about her. She kept fucking up earlier in the year. Oh, oh, Joyce. Joyce. Joyce, New York (laughs) Review of Books. Um, uh, The Facebook guy. What is that guy's name? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah, you just don't trust him. I don't. I don't trust him. <laughs> look at him. Look in his eyes. He's like, I'm gonna steal your data. I did like when he was at the Senate hearing though, and he had to like explain basic internet concepts to all these dum dums. I like how he had to sit on like a stack of phone books. <laughs> look He's so it up. tiny. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I believe it too. And then when they looked uh, yeah. at um, women of color. Mm-hmm. Poetry, so the previous one was the only one, had the largest number of writers of color, and it was at 37%. So 37% of their correspondents okay. were women of color. So, I mean, yeah. I believe it. I would like something that's more like publishing, because I feel like 
not to sound pretentious, I feel like you're completely working with a completely different audience. And like, those are people I feel like who are writing. I want to say academic, academic's not the right word, but like when you're submitting to a literary journal, you're a little bit more mm. literature, like academic. I, there's a word and I cannot circle it. It's different than someone who like writes a book and tries to get it published, like by submitting it to like editors and, yeah. you know, you write something on weekends and you're like, you're working on a project and you work with an editor to get it published to publish. Right. That's a different ballpark entirely. So that's kind of interesting. Um, this is just literary journals. And I feel like if you're doing that, you're more of like the art side. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, but it's interesting. I don't read a lot of literary journals. I did when I was yeah, in college. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It feels like a very college thing to do. Yeah. I read the Missouri Review. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, and then the final survey, this one I think will probably be more interesting. Apparently, Leisure reading has gone down by like 30% since 2004. First of all, who has time? Right. With all this craziness like the world happening. might be ending. <laughs> North Korea might just get us. Second of all, that goes against, I feel like we heard for a while, like nothing but like, oh, we're all, we're reading more reading than we thought. Reading more, going to the library more, buying more books, buying more physical books. Yeah. Maybe we're just buying them and not reading them, which I get. Maybe. That's, that's a thing. I would love it if statistics were proving that that's what all of us were doing. We're all buying books, putting them on our shelf, and then never reading them. <laughs> but um, because I also read something like apparently like the audiobook industry jumped up by like thirty million or some crazy number this year. So, I mean, it's just weird. There's a lot of numbers floating around, and I'm just trying to figure out what it all means. Yeah, because <clears throat> like I wonder if this includes like. Like, what are they counting as reading? Like, that's always my thing. Like, what are what are the questions that they're asking? Like, if you read, like, fanfic, for example, mm -hmm. on your computer, does that count? Are they counting that? I think it should count, but this says share of adults reading at least one novel, short story, poem, or play. That's a good so, point. I think what we're reading, and, like, yeah. if you're reading the news, is that counting? The news, long-form journalism. Um, I don't read long form journals. I'm, I'm, oh, I love it. I just put it in a book. Like, I don't want to <laughs> sit here and have it load on my Chrome and then lose. It's just too much of a hassle. Um, so, so journalist. <laughs> I know. I'm the worst. Um, well, this is interesting because, like, before we were, like, before we recorded, I shared that link to you that Kimmel did with yeah. the name a, a book, yeah. which I feel like was a little. Probably misleading. Very misleading. Especially since one of them was a library. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like, if you haven't seen one of these, they, like, go out on Hollywood Boulevard and they stick, like, a microphone in somebody's place and they ask him, like, a really basic question. And then watch and them then get they, all flustered and mess it up. Right. So it's like, okay, how many people did they have to ask? Because maybe there were, like, five or six people total in this video mm -hmm. who couldn't name a book. Um we presume the question was uh, name a book. It might have been like name a book you've read in the past X amount of time. We don't know exactly the question that was asked all the time. But, um, you know, it, I don't I don't know if you've ever been to Hollywood Boulevard out there. Danielle, I know you went when you came down here. Um, it could be just very overwhelming to be there and just like someone is all of a sudden with a camera in your face and asking you questions. I could see how people would get easily flustered and kind of camera shy mm -hmm. and then it would be very easy to just 
cherry pick the people who gave the most ridiculous answers and say people don't read yeah you know what i mean there's one guy in the piece though who's kind of hilarious because he just comes out of nowhere with he read a book by moby dick titled horse horse and i'm like what (laughs) that was funny and the interviewer repeats it back like moby dick was the author he's like yes and he's like the book was titled horse and he's like that's what i said that's what i said (laughs) it was like well now someone says the jungle book and i feel like that is a book it is wasn't it i believe it was a book and it got made into the disney movie i believe so i realized for a while i was thinking of the jungle and i'm like that's a completely (laughs) different (laughs) based on rudyard kipling's eponymous collective works yeah i don't know who that is but yeah like the guy the guy who said the jungle book like that is a book yeah so, and then the guy said the Lion King, and I was like, well. In a way. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a book now, I'm sure. There's some oh, yeah. book somewhere titled The Lion King. We have that little golden book. <laughs> so, and that was funny because that was inspired by another survey. We've got all the surveys this week saying that um, the number of Americans who haven't read one book all year, mm-hmm. I think it said it tripled from 8% and now it's at 24%. So 24% of Americans adult Americans have not read a single book, Hmm. which I mean, yeah, people got stuff going on. I guess I sort of get it. I mean, I gotta be going to all these marches, calling (laughs) my Congress people to make sure they don't kill me, you know, building my, digging my fallout shelter in the yard. It's hard times. Also this wedding. (laughs) (laughs) On top of that, this wedding. So yeah, this wedding. But I mean, we say all that, but the number of people who have read a book is higher combined is like, like the number of people who've read 11 or more books has gone. Oh no, it's not. Never mind. I'm reading it wrong. <laughs> I was about to like try and help us out. Well, you know, maybe it'll be better next year. Yeah. And I think it's also sort of what you said. People aren't reading, maybe they're not reading books anymore. Yeah. They're just maybe reading. they're reading other things. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I have to read something cause otherwise it's. I just fret and like stress out. Like, I don't know. I cannot wait. I feel like it's never going to, it has to, hopefully it has to get better. I'm hoping it does. I hope we don't just like fall into some kind of, it'll be like Detroit and RoboCop. I hope it doesn't reach that point. (laughs) So I'm like, I just, we just got to get through this. We got to get our shit together and we've got to, everybody just needs to vote. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. I'm thinking about volunteering for, um, Claire McCaskill's campaign, even though I'm very cool on her. But I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, I can't have her, her, her opponent can't go. So. Right. <sighs> just, I remember when we were doing these and for a while, it was just us like stressing out and like sighing multiple times. Right. Like, we have, I mean, like it really, yeah, yeah, it was. There are uh... a couple episodes of like January and February when we're just like, eh, yeah. <sighs> So. Well, it's almost November. I'll just say that shit. And this girl out of, what, what was it, the Bronx or Queens? Where is she at? Yeah, I'm proud of her. Just New York. I don't know where. So. So, I don't know. I just hope. Well, because everybody at my job, they're like, saying like, well, the Democrats don't have a good candidate. And I was like, I mean, for like, what, president? That's, I feel like we usually don't by this point, right? I mean. Right. Well, I don't know, because I it's feel like. It's such a like, weird year. I feel like, uh. Uh, the last presidential election, I feel like that election cycle was about a year and a half, two years. So we might actually start seeing um, 
more of kickoff stuff after the this primary. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, why start is... seeing more presidential run stuff. Yeah, that's why I don't get why everybody's so stressed out that like they haven't seen a good presidential candidate. It's like, can we get through this first? Can we like, <laughs> girl? <laughs> I can't start thinking about that yet. So I will. I don't. I don't know. I'm just gonna stop. Let's talk about books. <laughs> Let's talk about books. Let's uh, talk about being hopeful and books that you're hopeful for, or excited for. What are you excited? What are you excited for? What are you looking forward to, Danielle? I sort of touched on this, and it's well. Let's come to me last because one of my answers is something um, that's, that's already been. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll go and look at my list and see what are some other ones I'm excited about, so I can bring those uh, okay. up. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you guys' answers first? <laughs> uh, of course, you can always tweet your answers at us at Black Chick Lit. Um, we are on Twitter frequently, <laughs> and we just love connecting with you guys. So all these answers, if you're new, have come from our BCL chat hashtag um and we typically put out these questions um in our in our um our book review episodes i know we got a lot of new viewer or a lot of new listeners in the past month so i thought it would be good just to you know go over that again like yeah that's real good hosting yeah could be you next time (laughs) (laughs) okay so our first response comes from cameron l smith who i do think is new um, at Shorty Girl 44, which is really cute. <laughs> and she says, The Come Up by Angie Thomas. And then she gave a little smiling emoji, which I love. <laughs> yes, I have no idea what that book is about, but I'm really excited for her. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I've seen the title, but that's all I've seen. Um, yeah, I've seen the art too. Um, it's like a, I was like, it sort of makes me wonder because it's, this is the marketer me. It's branded a lot like the hate you give, which makes me wonder if it's in the same universe. It probably isn't, but um, I'm gonna look it up actually on the come because I don't even know what it's about now that we think about it. Um, the come up that kind of seems like a star thing or I don't know something. Sixteen year old Bree wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time, or at least get some streams on her mixtape. As the daughter of an underground rap legend who died right before he hit big, Bree's got massive shoes to fill. But when her mom unexpectedly loses her job, food banks, and shut-off notices become as much of a part of her life as beats and rhymes. With bills piling up and homelessness staring her family down, Bree no longer wants to, just wants to make it. She has to make it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say I like how Angie Thomas is like taking on these topics. How all yeah. this, yeah, literature is just dealing with really serious stuff. That's true. This That's is, very true. This is sort of, a, it's not an off topic, it's a side, the PBS American Read has this new series by Lindsay Ellis, who I don't know if you know her, she does all those film essays on YouTube, and now she's mm-hmm. doing book ones. And so she sort of did the history of YA, and she sort of said how when we were coming up, they were very serialized and sort of fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, think uh box not whatever sweet valley high and yeah yeah and so like now stuff like that they're dealing with like really serious issues and it's like how this is good for the genre i'm like that's pretty cool like i I, i've been um since i've disowned a certain rapper from chicago (laughs) i've been (laughs) like trying to build this wedding playlist and um like i've been doing some throwback songs stuff like that uh and I've noticed, like, you know, songs from when I was in high school, college are like, let's go to the club. Let's fuck. Let's have a good time. You know, everybody's got a big booty and they're just shaking it all over the place. <laughs> and then I'm comparing it to, like, the music that the kids are listening to now. And it's like, you know, uh, 
maybe we'll just die. <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, it's definitely the mood. I, I have a lot of hope for Generation Z. Like after, what was it, that Florida shooting? These high schoolers came out here. And they're like, we're not putting up with this shit anymore. Right. And they've got I'm tour, gonna grab going some. on tour. They are getting shit done. And I am. Right. I'm, I'm so here for it. Them. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm proud um, of y'all. I just want to, this is, I looked up like books, upcoming books by women of color. And this subtitle on this book is, on this list is, someday we'll have a 46th president. <laughs> but until then, <laughs> here are 46 other things to look forward to. Right. I'm sorry about that. I was like, I hope so. All right. Uh, what did we just say? I'm proud of. I just finished saying I was proud of Generation. I'm proud of these kids. These kids out here. We need to do. We all need to do better though. All yeah. of us. The yeah. kids can't be out here. Right. The babies. They should be going to prom and shit like that. Buying those uh, toaster <laughs> microwave combinations. Easy Mac. Easy Mac. So we gotta get together. So I will go ahead and say the next one. Um, so the next one on our list. And this was the one that I was really excited about. Elisa at Little Pocket Books and Robin Malay Pizzo at Every Woman 98 both said Becoming by Michelle Obama. And I, too, am very excited about that one. That would have been my answer, but I'm going to find a different one since it's already mentioned. <laughs> I'm super ready for that one. I've already pre-ordered it on Audible. I'm hoping she reads it. Yeah, I bet she does. So, I bet yeah. she does. I'm very interested to see what she has to say about her time at the White House. Oh, I can't wait. I want I want all the tea. I want everything. So um, I'm super excited. And then I realized I haven't read any. I was looking at something. They're like, apparently there's like a rush of bios coming out from, a, or not bios, and memoirs coming out from members, former members of the Obama administration. Mm. And I'm like, hmm, what okay. does that mean? <laughs> I guess we're all just like really nostalgic. Mm. So mm. I haven't, oh my gosh, is this a wasp? What the hell? Um, I haven't read, Ob- does Obama have a memoir? He has to have one coming. Uh, so he's had the two so far. I need a post-presidential um, one. A post-presidential, I don't believe so. But if you've ever wanted to hear him say, Damn, nigga, get your own damn weed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but go ahead and listen to his audiobook. It is amazing. Yes. <laughs> I used to have that saved on my computer just for funsies. Yep. That's great. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Um, Monica reads from, let's see, Mon, I don't know if this is an L or an I. What do you think? Mon Lat? Mon Mon, Reader, I believe. Mon Lat Reader um, says she gave two examples, or two books, House Girl by Michael Doncor and Woman Trapped in the Dark by J.D. Mason. And I haven't heard of either of these. I haven't either, but house the cover alone of House I love Girl that cover. looks awesome. It's yeah. um, a very pretty girl with a hair wrap and like a really tur- pretty shade of turquoise and blue, and she's sort of looking off. It's a really good portrait. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look very that one up. Cool. House Girl. Can you spell the author's last name? D-O-N-K-O-R. Awesome. So House Girl, it is a, ooh, an Observer New Face of Fiction 2018. Um... Belinda knows how to follow rules. She has learned the right way to polish water glasses, to wash and fold a hundred handkerchiefs, and to keep a tight lid on memories of the village she left behind when she came to Kumasi to be a house girl. Mary is still learning the rules. Eleven years old and irrepressible, the young house girl in training is the little sister Belinda never had. 
Ama has had enough of the rules. A straight-A pupil at an exclusive South London school, she has always been the pride of her Ghanaian parents, until now. Watching their once-confident teenager grow sullen and wayward, they decide that sensible Belinda might be just the shining example Ama needs. So Belinda is summoned from Ghana to London to befriend a troubled girl who shows no desire for her friendship. She encounters a city as bewildering as it is exciting, and she tries to impose order on her unsettling new world. Belinda's phone calls back home to Mary become a lifeline. As the Brixton summer turns to autumn, Belinda and Amma are surprised to discover the beginnings of an unexpected kinship. But when the cracks in their defenses open up, the secrets they have both been holding tight threaten to seep out. Ooh. This sounds like swing time. This sounds like the swing time book I was promised and did not get. I was going to say this sounds like um, Americana, but like a little less bougie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a word we haven't used in a long time. Are you sure we just haven't used it in the last episode? <laughs> Maybe it feels like forever. Like if it's not once an episode, it's too long. It sounds very interesting. Yeah, I might have to add that one too. This is great. This is my new favorite question. Like every time we ask it, I find great books, and I was like, yes. Right? Um, oh, I realized another book I wanted to read has also been mentioned by people. Y'all are on it. Um, so the next answer we got is from Arlene at Lock Press Books, and she had three. She had, hold on, sorry, this thing is being super slow to load. She had Temper by Nikki Drayden. She has The God, the Black God's Drums by P. Dejali Clark, and the cover of this one looks gorgeous. It's an illustration um, of a black girl. It looks like it's steampunky. There's, like, dirigibles in the background. Yeah, it looks kind of steampunky. <laughs> and finally, um, John Woman by Walter Mosley, who I have been meaning to read and still have not. <laughs> He's the, he does mysteries. I wish uh-huh. I need a female John Mosley or Walter Mosley. I am looking up Black God's Drums because the, the cover alone. The cover is speaking to you. Yes. I am judging everything <laughs> by its cover. A, in an alternate New Orleans caught in the tangle of the American Civil War, a wall-scaling girl named Creeper yearns to escape the streets for the air, in particular by earning a spot on board the airship Midnight Robber. I was right, it's steampunky. <laughs> Creeper plans to earn Captain Amory's trust with the information she discovers about a Haitian scientist and a mysterious weapon he calls the Black God's Drums. But Creeper also has a secret herself. Oya, the African Orisha of Wind and Storm, speaks inside her head and may have her own interior motives, motivations. Soon, Creeper, Oya, and the crew of the Midnight Robber are pulled into a perilous mission aimed to stop the Black God's drums from being unleashed and wiping out the entirely entirety of New Orleans. Ooh. Interesting. Y'all got good taste. <laughs> <laughs> that looks good. It comes out August 21st, 2018. I'll, oh, there's no sample. I was about to say send a sample to myself, but duh. <laughs> so, yeah, that looks really good. I need more sci-fi in my life. Oh, yeah. More <laughs> escapism. Yes. All the escapism. Uh, and there's one final one. Do you want to do that one? Sure. So our final pick comes from Kylo Ray, um, which I feel is like a little fan fiction-y right there. Right? That's a Star Wars thing, right? Carlo Ren Ren was a character in the new trilogy, yes. And Rey is too, right? See, I know. Rey, but it's spelled a different way. I'd still be knowing. (laughs) I'm proud of you. (laughs) 
So she said, um, my sister, the serial killer, which also has a really like trippy cover that I just love, um, by Onyinka, Onyinka, um, and it seems like it's about a serial killer. Onyinka. I Oyinka satire meets slasher in the short, darkly funny hand grenade of a novel about a Nigerian woman whose younger sister has a very inconvenient habit of killing her boyfriends. I love it already. <laughs> Which I don't know. Out of all of them, this sounded the most fun to me. <laughs> I straight up already have this one on hold at my library. <laughs> I think I put it in my pre-order. <laughs> I was um. I remember one day I was looking through, because I was tired of being, like, number 57 or whatever on all the holes. Right. So I was like, I'm going to go and look at things that aren't even available yet and claim my spot now. So right. I saw this cover, which looks really cool, and I'm like, and then I looked it up, and I was like, yep, I'll read that one. <laughs> so, yes. This is this is really good. I found a lot of titles. This is my favorite question we ask. Yeah. So, so I'm going to tell you all again, don't be surprised if we ask it again. I mean, you know, we, wa- we asked about... Once every six months. Yeah. That's how we heard about um, uh, Whiskey and Ribbons. Exactly. Uh, so, you know. And there probably might be another book in here we might end up reading. So yeah, I'm sure we're going to do be. Becoming. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I found two titles. They're very genre, but that's okay. <laughs> Alyssa Cole has two books coming out. No, she has one book coming out this year and then one book coming out early next year because she won't stop. One is the sequel to A Princess in Theory called A Duke by Default, Mm -hmm. um, which is her modern contemporary series. I think the friend of the girl, of the main character in A Princess in Theory, she goes to Scotland and gets her own boo, which I'm about. That's what I like about romance novels. Like, everyone gets their own story and everyone's happy. Yeah. I love it. And then the third book in the Loyal League series comes out, and it's um, Daniel. Uh huh. So on a train? S- Are they I on a train? <laughs> I don't know. Are they <laughs> saving Abraham from being assassinated on a train? I have not seen any talk of trains, but he looks slightly less bitter, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he can get over L leaving him. Um, what's it? I don't. Hold on. I just know it's. I didn't look up the actual title, I realized, because I just know it's part, an unconditional freedom. So, yeah. Okay, okay. And I think the um, hero, heroine is Hispanic. She's Latina. She's from Cuba. Who is? The, the, the heroine, uh, his, his boo. See, I, I told you. I told you that there was going to be, um, his boo would not be a black woman. I'm sorry. She could be Afro-Latina. I guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> that they were going to be on a train. I, we don't there's going to the be some caper yet. on a train. You just watch. <laughs> I hope there's a train. <laughs> I hope there is, too. I mean, as, Janita, as Juanita and Daniel track Jefferson Davis on his tour of the South, I'm sure he did that tour by train. It's right there. Girl. He called it. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the two I'm excited about. We, You all did a good job and said a whole bunch of other things I'm really interested in. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm super excited about my genre stuff, though, too. So I've got to... Anything that stops me from watching the news. Right. Anything you're excited about? Yes. Um, so now that I'm looking at it, I realize that this book has come out already. <laughs> That's okay. It's, I haven't read it yet. You can still be anticipated. I'm still anticipating it. Um, Heads of the Colored People 
by oh. Nafisa Thomas Thompson Spires, which is um, a collection of short stories um, all about like feeling kind of alienated as a black person. And I read a um, uh, interview with her and she was kind of talking about her experience having come from Southern California where, um, you know, there are black people, but it's not like as in high numbers as where she moved to in the South mm-hmm. and how like her perception kind of changed. And I was like, this is very interesting to me because coming from Kansas city and moving to Los Angeles was almost like the exact opposite. Like people would always be like, Oh, I, I remember like I, we were out at one point and, um, I was talking to these other girls and I was talking about how I didn't understand. There was some song out and the guy was like, I got a condo on my wrist or something. I was like, sir, I cannot understand you. <laughs> like I said that to the radio. And so you laugh because you understand exactly what I'm saying, you know, by saying that. And she's like, well, you know, it's like uh, the African American vernacular English and you're doing this and it's similar and this, this and that. And she's like, you probably would understand that if you had grown up around more black people. And I'm like, bitch, I'm from Kansas City. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so she was like, oh, I just assumed you were like from out here and you know how it is out here with all the suburbs. And I was like, no, what I'm saying is I cannot understand you, <laughs> sir, why you put a condo on your wrist instead of buying a condo. That's what I was trying to get at. But it was like just just the idea of, you know, being black in a place like Kansas City or St. Louis or Chicago um, and just kind of the, the community there and like growing up and always being around black people, like another example of hers was she never like nodded to black people out here. Um, and then when she got to the South, like people would think she was bougie or stuck up if she didn't do it. And, um, I was like, I never even thought about that. Like I always nod when I see people because one of our teachers like set us down and said, if you see another black person around, you have to nod to them. You have to acknowledge their presence uh, or else like you're a weirdo. And you're all like, yeah, you're right, Mr. R. Cooper. Um, so I, I, I'm interested in seeing kind of the reverse of kind of the journey that I've taken. Um, and I just like short stories. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with my attention span right now. <laughs> um, I I after you said it and I looked it up, I remember putting this on my TBR too because I just liked the description of like they compared it to Paul Beatty, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love the sellout, so I'm here for it, <laughs> and I'm here for anything that's kind of satirey and funny and making me laugh. So now that I know that that's what it's about, that'll be really interesting too. So I love it. Yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, this is this is a really good episode. I like this question. I like it too. I like it when we just get to talk about like books that we like. Right. So and the <laughs> upcoming end of the world. <laughs> we'll all be literate as we go to our um I don't know where I was going with that. It got really dark, so I stopped at mid mid sentence. Right. So it's all right. Yeah. Maybe we'll have better news when we come back and see you in two weeks. <laughs> I, I, the SCOTUS thing just pisses me off because every time I think about how the Democrats just let them get away with that bullshit with Merrick Garland, I get mad all over again. Like, why did you, 
because they were arrogant. They're like, oh, we'll get the election. And even if they did, they should have just pushed it. And I'm, right. I'm sorry. I'm getting mad again. I need to stop. <sighs> I need to stop. I need to stop. Okay. What are you reading? <laughs> I'm still not reading anything. <laughs> I just got a new um, book, a new Audible, because I saw that I had a whole bunch of credits. Like, guys, wedding planning is no fucking it. joke, right? You it's taking like- up. Go ahead. Girl, right? It's taking up all my time. I get married in. Um, oh, that's my favorite guy that this is Audible, man. <laughs> but it's in, what, 15 days? It is. It's coming up. I don't have shoes. I don't have, girl, I don't have shoes either. You got to get some shoes. I bought a pair of shoes, but when I walk, they go like flap, 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 flap. Yeah, like, that ain't I cute. I can't be flapping down the aisle. How many, how many credits do you have? Because you used to like... You get it. You get it the month, and you would spend it, right? I get it the day, and I would spend it. I have two <laughs> credits. Well, I used one, so I have one outstanding. It's you, terrible. I'm so ashamed. I can't be. You know how many I used to have, right? I had like at one time five credits, <laughs> <laughs> and I spent them because they're like they only roll over six. Uh, yeah. I've just been falling behind on everything. Like I haven't. I'm so far behind on. Everything TV, everything reading, everything all podcast. It's like my days are like buying vinyl sheets and going to bed super early. It's crazy. I'm proud of you, though. I need to go to bed super early. Um, I can't be staying up too late. I'm 30 now. I get tired. <laughs> that do you, do you feel how I feel like when you turned 30, it was kind of like a relief because you could just do your old granny things, all the old granny things you always wanted to do, and now it's like age appropriate? Hell yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to stay, <laughs> stay in Saturday night and read and drink tea because I'm old and I don't have to go out to the club. It's like, I'm tired, guys. <laughs> it's like I embraced it. I loved it. I love it. That's the best part about turning 30 is that you can like <laughs> stop pretending to be cool. <laughs> It's too much pressure on me. I mean, I never it's was too cool. Much. I don't have to worry about who these kids are. Right. And what they're doing. I know. Oh, I told you that that um, that teen told me that I didn't dress as nicely as Cardi B, right? I told that story on the air, I think. The te- I think so. Yeah, when I went and I was taking the pictures of the butt implant underwear. Oh yes, well I didn't. I heard that. I heard the one about the robe. You were looking for um, a bride's like a prep robe to wear during the bridal in the bridal suite, like while you get yeah. in your gown. Yeah, because like, I only one. go to the mall to go to Target or Macy's, and I only go to Macy's if I had to go get something from Sephora. <laughs> and it was like I I was walking out, and I was like, oh, you know, this lingerie place open. Maybe they'll have a cute little robe or something. And I walked in, and um. There was like this teen girl there and I saw some robes and they were like real cheap, like that real scratchy on one side material. Like sateen. Yes, yes, exactly. And so um, I was like, "Uh." and then like in the back on like green and gold sequin was like bride. And I was like, I don't know about this, but I didn't want to just like walk in and then immediately walk out. So I kind of was like walking, right. I was like walking around and they had all like the fake butt underwear, like against the back wall. And so I, like, took a picture of that, and um, the girl, like, was all of a sudden up on me. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm just looking for a bridal getting ready robe. And she's like, right over here. So she took me back over to the ugly robes, and she was like, um, she was like, uh, uh, here you go. 
And so I was like looking at them and I was kind of feeling them. And I was like, well, how much are they? And she was like, $30. And I was like, $30 for that? Because these same exact robes are on sale at um, Amazon for like 10 bucks. <laughs> so I was like, mm, and I must have made a face. And she was like, is that out of your budget? And I was like. Listen, <laughs> teen girl. I was I like. Get, I can't get past the color. Like you're not a boxer. Why would they have a green and gold? That's going to look terrible in your photos. And I was like, mm. It's not that they're out of budget. I was just like, and I was like, well, she's asking me. I have to be honest with her. I was like, I just don't feel like this robe is worth $30. And so she was like, she got extremely offended. <laughs> and she was like, well, you know, we sell these on Fashion Nova. Oh, and that's- I, <laughs> I was like, I. Mm, I'm sorry, I don't know what Fashion Nova is. <laughs> and so she um, kind of looked me up and down. She was like, you want it? <laughs> and she was like, that's the line where Cardi B sells her um, her fashion or whatever. And I was like, I, I know who Cardi B is. And like, <laughs> you know, so I'm trying so hard not to laugh because it's like, this was the day that Frank got out of the hospital. So I was kind of dressed like a scrub anyway. <laughs> But um, I was just like, you know, this little girl was like getting so offended and she wanted to she wanted me to feel bad, like so badly. (laughs) But it was like it just reminded me of like something a child would do. And that's like the point I knew I was old, but also the point that I knew I was okay with it because she was trying so hard to make me feel bad. I was like, child. (laughs) okay." But then later I went to BevMo um, to get like our fruit punch for the Mm -hmm. bachelorette party. (laughs) And um, I remember like, I, I don't know, I strike up conversations everywhere I go. And so I was telling them the cashier and there was this lady like leaning against the counter, like drinking out of like one of those little airplane bottles. (laughs) And so I just started telling the story. And so um, I think they were like getting offended on my behalf, even though I was laughing. And like the drunk lady set up and she was like, you are more beautiful and more natural than Cardi B could ever be. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know, no offense to Cardi. I think she's cute. Um, I'm happy for her and Offset. But, uh, you know, I I was just uh, all you could do is laugh. So this is what 30 has been like. Existential dread, but also no longer offended by what teen girls think of me. It's so freeing. Like, yeah, I don't care. So free. I love that story. That's great. Uh, um, I read five things. Um, two of them are reread. I reread both of the Night Vale novels. Um, I read. You don't follow me on Goodreads, do you? I don't. I'm. I have a login for Goodreads. <laughs> you don't have a login. I do. You just don't use it up, do you? There you go. Anyway, I read a Brenda Jackson novel and I was not impressed and I kind of eviscerated it and then I felt a little guilty because she's sort of like Beverly Jenkins and I feel like I got to be respectful. But this book was so bad. I sent you, didn't I tweet you snippets of it? Yeah, you did. It was, (laughs) this book is Forged in Desire by Brenda Jackson. It was bad. It was, there was one part where I believe, let me read you some of these lines. I need to share them with some people because... They were pretty, so like it gets really bad when they're like having sex, <laughs> and like what was one of the things? It's like um, 
I'm just going to read this one. Since she'd become, so there's a character, there's Stryko and Margo, that's the couple. And it's like, since he'd become Margo's protector, aka bodyguard, getting an erection was one of his prominent pastimes. Like, I can't. Wait. <laughs> I can't. Huh? What? Why do, you, <laughs> why do you need an erection to be a bodyguard? I don't get why it's a pastime. <laughs> like, is it a hobby? I'm very... Oh, Here's another keep one. Keep going, but I'm going to just know <laughs> that I'm going to be thinking about this line for a while. Her breath caught when she saw the size of his erection. Holy cow! Exclamation point. When she saw the size of his erection? There's a lot of talk about it. It was unnecessary talk about his erections. Um, another line. Her navel was a cutie as well. <laughs> I just wrote what in all caps. All I can think about is a, dim- a dimple in a clementine. <laughs> Please don't say fruit because it's going to ruin all the fruit. Oh, my God. And there was one. Oh, they're describing a sex scene. And um, where did it go? Her, it describes a turgid nipple. I had to look up what turgid was. And I'm like, that's the ugliest phrase I've ever read in what my life. What is it? I don't know that it word. It means swollen. Ew. It's like, isn't it disgusting? Like, this, <laughs> you just said ew. And I feel really bad for even, like, I'm embarrassed for myself for having repeated these phrases. It was just so bad. Her taste was a total erection builder. What? <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about these An man's erection erections. Builder? Yes. Like, uh, uh, you know, I went to a Montessori <laughs> school and uh, they used to have this thing called the pink tower that you would have to build. And now that those happy re- memories are ruined for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like an idiot reading. So, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be in a rush to give her another chance because that was, it was so bad. I hated mm. both of the characters. I wanted them both to die. <laughs> the only good character was the bad guy because he was sort of like Dr. Evil. He was so <laughs> over the top. Like, I pictured him with a white cat in his arms every time. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, then I read The Duchess Deal by Tara Dare, and I, read, and I finished Lincoln and the Bardo by George Sanders. Mm. I had to buy a physical copy. I, that has been the thing that's kept me from doing, from finishing it. Cause I got the audible. I was like, I love George Saunders. You know, he's written, you know, a couple of my favorite short story collections. I was so excited. I didn't know what the fuck was going on in that audiobook. I will say, so, well, one, cause they kept pushing the audiobook everywhere. Like, yeah. Cause it's like, ooh, it's a cast of 166 people. It's so that's massive. Too many people. It is a lot of people. Once you get the format, it all uh-huh. makes sense. Like I get like after I read like the first chapter and just saw the pattern, listening mm-hmm. to it was easy and I got it. Okay. But like you have to it's confused, it's disorienting if you don't know how it's set up. All I remember is the little poo rolling around in the bed. <laughs> I was like, oh, sick box. Yeah. So it starts like everyone's in the bardo. There's no like all the t- so for some of it, all of it is dialogue. Uh Like, there's no, like, he said, she said, everybody's just speaking the lines. And that's how it looks in the book, too. So it's like Hans Bowman will say something, and then the other guy will say something, and they'll just talk back and forth. Right. And so what they do is in the audible is after the person, when the person speaks for the first time, they just ID them. So that was confusing. I'm like, why did we just say his name? But they're just introducing the person. So then you know what his voice sounds like. And then every time that person speaks, they're saying that character's line. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Because you have to see it, yeah. And then what they do in between the spoken parts, they have these chapters that are just sort of like for atmosphere where they have like descriptions of things that are happening as if they were from historical text. Like I think the first one is about the party. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's all these quotes and things about the party that the Lincolns threw, sort of just to like set the scene. Okay. It makes so much more sense in print. It does not make any I'll sense have to in get audible. It. I'll have to get it. Or at least, yeah, get it from the library so then you don't have to pay twice. Right. But I oh, I returned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you returned the audible? Or, yeah. Yeah. So once you, I will say like, I just had to read it and see it. And then I was like, oh, this makes sense. But if you don't see it. Then it doesn't make as much. It it's hard. It might not make as much sense. Yeah. It can be disorienting. Yeah. It's like they just throw you in. I will say it was good. Don Cheadle's in it. Oh, Don Cheadle. Uh-huh. And uh, what's the one guy? Peel, maybe? Keegan. Keegan Michael Key. That's okay, yeah, I that's was, the other guy. Yeah, I was mixing him up with Peel. So yeah. Jeffrey Tambor is in it. Um, what's his face from Anchorman is in it. Um, Bill Hader is in it. So, I mean, there are a lot of people in it who are a pretty big name. And, like, once you orient yourself it makes sense but it's a mess until then. until it's, then it's confusing mm. so uh did you have another one no i think oh i'm still reading barracoon but i just haven't been in the mood to read it oh, i don't yeah. want to read about a man being put on a slave ship <sighs> right girl so. you know um i i realized that i didn't actually say the name of the book that i got on audible what did you get before I launched it to a super long story. About Cardi B and Fashion What was the name? It's called Song of Blood and Stone by L. Penelope. Hmm. And it's a fantasy romance. Look at you. Look at me. Got go. you reading romances. <laughs> so we'll see. I haven't started listening to it yet, but oh, I was so like, I need to use these you- credits. Do you, oh, you did just say Audible. I was about to ask, do you get everything on Audible? But you did. I don't get everything on Audible, but um, it's like if I know something is going to be like easy to listen to, then I'll get it on Audible for this for this commute I got. <laughs> Night Vale, I'll say, is a good Audible pick. Oh, yeah. I listened. I did the first one. I think the second one's better. Yeah, because I didn't really like the first one. <laughs> I will say I liked it better on a reread. Yeah. Because I sort of knew what was going to happen, and so I wasn't as like, just get to it already. Yeah, the whole time yeah. I was like, where's uh, Poochie, or where's Cecil? <laughs> yeah. The second one, I think, is better. Yeah. Um, I'm so far behind on Night Vale. I'm so far behind on everything. No, you got that wedding. Girl. <laughs> um, but I think, did we already say what book we're reading next? We next haven't. Time? Okay. Go for it. So we are reading... Bingo Love. It's been a while since we've done a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. We are reading Bingo Love. I forgot to put the title. I just put the authors <laughs> on the document. <laughs> by Genevieve F.T. Story by T. Franklin and art by... Hold on. Let me stop. I don't know what the heck happened to this list because this is not what it said online. I'm going to start over. We are reading Bingo Love. Story by T. Franklin and art by Jen St. Ongo and Joy San. I don't know who Genevieve is. Who is Genevieve? I, it's just there. And like when you click on the Goodreads thing, it's not. I don't know, what, I don't know what's happening. So. Oh, that's all right. Um, yeah, Bingo Love. Yes. I'm excited. I've had this yes. on my Kindle for a minute now. I pre-ordered it. And I like the day it came out, I was like sitting around. I was like, oh, I'm going to read it. But I didn't know that I bought the 
Kindle version. So I was like, boop, boop, boop. And then I was like going to Amazon to complain. And they were like, girl, it's in your Kindle app. And I was like, oh. Yeah, not a fan of Kindle comics. I'm or not Was either. it Comixology? Oh, Comixology, yeah. Is that the service? Yeah. So, so a little synopsis is Bingo Love is a story of a same-sex romance that spans over 60 years. A chance meeting at a church bingo in 1963 brings Hazel Johnson and Mary McRae together. Through their formative years, these two women develop feelings for each other and finally profess their love for one another. So we're a little late for Pride, but as Molly said... Well, I said, um, you know, we always, I, we talked at length in February and March about how come March 1st, we are still black. <laughs> and, you know, uh, come July 1st, people still are LGBT, still gay. Exactly. So, so. I, you know, we gonna read it when we gonna read it and <laughs> gonna enjoy ourselves. We are. So we're not gonna be held back by calendars exactly <laughs> so i'm excited this will be it looks really cute it looks super cute the art is super super cute and so and i keep seeing like love for it on our twitter so yeah people are excited so and then after that we've got our birthday yes. and we're still finalizing what we're gonna do but i it's two years molly two years Woo. two years of nonsense i love it <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I sometimes I just go back and listen to those early episodes and it's like, <laughs> it's so weird. We're still doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're still here. We're still so. here. We're still here being cute. <laughs> <laughs> when I say I was in a meeting, when I saw those tweets come through, I almost died. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I, Lisa Cross Smith continues to just be the most adorable woman on Twitter. Yes. I so. love it. She called us cute. Well, I haven't like, been called cute since I was like five. <laughs> almost fell out of my chair. She did also. I'm glad you brought that up because she clarified. She two did. Points. I thought it was really interesting what she said about the audiobooks. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So in the episode, I say how there are lines in the book that are different than in the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And she explains that that's because the audiobook version is read from um, the audiobook doesn't exactly match the text because they record the audio right before the book is finalized slash printed, which makes sense because oftentimes yeah. they have the audiobook ready, like day of. Yeah, the same time as the print book. I mean, I get makes sense. And then the yeah. second thing that was interesting is she said she had always pictured Francis as being a bit brownish. Yeah, she made her dad Irish, but perhaps she's adopted? Question mark. That's true. So, I was like, you know what? Could you need to check mixed. yourself, Danielle. Yeah. I know, right? I'm saying this with an Italian father. <laughs> we made so many presumptions we made in that episode. so many, so many. And it's just like, and she was so sweet about it. Like, <laughs> but I was like, because we call that girl, not, not <laughs> but we call Francis Bessie and a racist and this and that like over and over again the whole time. She could still be racist, though. She could still be, well, she could still have hold bigoted ideas about black people. She could have some, yeah, some internalized issues she needs to work through. So there you go. So Francis, get help. (laughs) Francis, get help. So yeah, that was awesome. I love that she did that. I don't don't think we've ever had an author write back with like, and then react to things we say in in the episode. So that was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. So. So. Go read that book, y'all. It's very good. It is. I was debating whether or not I wanted the hardback copy. 
<laughs> I know. Right? I'm like, that looked good on my shelf. It is a pretty cover. It's gorgeous. And like, there's been way too many times that I'm like, oh, um, I really like the first like printing of a book. And then oh. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And I don't get it, and it gets real popular, and then the second pretty comes out. And I'm like, but I don't like it as much as the first. Ooh, that's a good point. Now I feel like I need to get it. It was payday today. <laughs> Girl, but rent is due what? Tomorrow? <laughs> Penny Mac just takes the money straight from my account. <laughs> so this was a longer chat than normal, so I think we're pretty good. I know. So we can do our normal our outro. Spiel. Molly sort of said this earlier, but you can follow us on Black Chick Lit. We, we do chats after every episode book discussion. So we'll say the question mm-hmm. in the book discussion, and we'll also tweet it, and you can answer there. And, we'll, we'll sh- and we may share your response. Yeah. Um, we're also at Instagram at BCL Podcast, and you can visit us online at blackchicklit.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them right over to contact at blackchicklit.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play, which I've seen. We have 13 now. Oh, my God. I almost died. Subscribers. Uh, yeah. I got to start writing right, no, 13 there. reviews. Oh, I was about to say subscribers. I was like, I didn't know we could count. No, 13 reviews. And someone straight up said, I'm going to read King Color Chronicles. So if that was you, <laughs> seriously, hit me up on Twitter because I want to talk about this book so bad to someone. And fucking what's his name? Hamilton will not answer any of my <laughs> tweets because he's too busy, I guess. He's bombarded. I don't know how that man. <laughs> he is bombarded. He has so much. But yeah, so um, rate, review, and su- subscribe because that helps other listeners find our podcast. And um, that's just a really big help to us two knuckleheads. Get the word out there. Uh. I see that we do have them. Ah, I love all y'all. So um, I have something I'm supposed to say. Hold on. <laughs> I lost the Google Doc. Um, we want to. Oh, I don't have to say that on this one. Um, so we will do our. We're going to aim for two weeks. Yes. It's a graphic novel. We should be able to finish that one up. I'm going to get the print copy because um, I can't. You do know this. what? You know what? It might not be exactly two weeks. Oh, that's right. You get <laughs> We're going to be busy. Um, We're going to be It'll be up. It'll be up. Sometime in July. Yeah, you know, yeah, it'll be up in July. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk. So I think that's it, y'all. Have a good, I don't know what I'm about to say, summer, I guess. Stay stay sane. Stay sane. Stay hydrated. Know that we love you. And bad times can't last forever, you know? I think, I hope not. Yeah, don't let them take your sanity. Right. So, all right, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye.